Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good chilly morning here in the Northeast. Uh, Birds fans, we appreciate you streaming in here to Birds 365. Hopefully everybody got their taxes out in the mail yesterday. Yeah, a little bit of a reprieve. Didn't have to do it till the 18th, but I hope you did it yesterday. Don't need the tax man come looking for you. Mag and Mac are here to do some accounting for you today. And if we have to, we'll revisit uh, cap uh, implications for Jalen Hurts' contract. But it's a little bit more simplistic than that. Eight days to the NFL draft. I can do that accounting. Uh, counting down to next Thursday yeah. when the Eagles get on the uh, clock. Scheduled right now at the 10th and 30th picks. And both John and I are on record and saying we think they'll make picks, but we don't think they'll necessarily be at 10 and 30. Because how he likes to move in the first round, likes to move throughout the draft. Uh, so the draft will be part of the conversation today. But there were some other things that we're going to sink our teeth into. Guys who could be traded, guys who were traded yesterday, who at one point the Eagles had a lot of interest in, and a restructuring of a contract. We knew that Jalen Hurts got his contract extension done, which, oh, by the way, there's one report out there that said it's not exactly done just yet. There's still some thighs that need to be dotted and T's that need to be crossed. Usually when you get an announcement uh, like we did uh, two days ago that it's a fait accompli and a done deal, apparently there's still a couple of things that need to be worked out. No reason for panic, Eagle fans, but a little slower on a mega deal than you're used to, uh, but they should get that thing done. No, the contract restructuring I'm referring to is Jordan Mylotta which when you get a mega deal like my lot of got, this is again, Eagle standard operating procedure, John, at some point for cap purposes, 
they restructure contracts. They do this with all the big contracts that they sign. It seems like uh, they get a deal done, but then figure a way to reduce a cap year in an upcoming season. And they've done it pretty quickly with Jordan Mailata. He's just into his big deal, his extension from last year. Uh, Cap purposes, freeing cap space this year. Do we read into this that a transaction is coming, that the Eagles are going to be adding a player that they're going to have to have cap space for? No, not this specific move. This is just, you know, business as usual for the Eagles. Uh, You know, that's what they do. You don't need the approval of the player to restructure these types of deals. I say all the time, you give, you know, option money up front, and then you spread it out over the remainder of the contract. It's sort of what they do. Now, I'm sure the Jalen had part of it. This happened last week, by the way. um it's it's not recent um well it's relatively recent but um it's just you know the draft is coming up you gotta have room for the draft june 1st is coming up you gotta have room for potential james bradbury type players potential trade acquisitions but no is it signaling something immediate no it has Okay, but the Eagles right now, uh, before uh, the Mylotta restructure gets figured in, at least uh, on uh, overthecap.com, the Eagles had the sixth most cap room in the National Football League in excess of $20 million. Now, I don't know if that factors in the increase in Hertz's deal, because this year on last year's rookie deal, he was scheduled to make four and change, high fours, at least what's being reported, his first year will be a $6.1 million cap hit. So that's going to eat a million and change into the chunk of the $20 million that are under the cap right now. Um, it, it just They're going to do it anyway, so it had to be done at some point. Uh, release of information, you're, you're not going to tie this to there's someone they're eyeing that they know they're going to need cap no. space for, and that's why they go ahead and do it now? No. Um, okay. as I said, more, more typical budgeting, more, remember there's, you know, cap space, there's effective cap space, there's, you know, active cap spending, there's, you know, the Eagles like to carry money over for the next year. There's all these little tricks that they do. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, it has nothing to do with an impending move. It has more to do. It has more to do with Jalen Hurts than anything else. uh, As you're trying to figure out everything to do, and I shouldn't say that everything's a a a whole, you know, whole pie, and they're going to add at some point. Um, When are they going to add? Are they going to trade for somebody on draft night? Are they going to? wait for somebody on June 1st? Is there a potential cut they have an eye on? Um, All these things could go all the way in the training camp as it did with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. All these things factor in. So it's all, it's, I I don't want to say it's not meaningful, but it's not, I think, you know, people get too caught up on A means B. A means, you know, it's this whole big picture of, of sort of convoluted altogether stew. Uh, and that's just a part of it. And there are certain contracts. 
I, you know, as I said, how many times have they restructured Lane's deal over the years? There's certain contracts that, you know, they, they put together originally so they could restructure it down the road to keep doing what they do, which, you know, is a bigger discussion. So people think the credit card bill is going to come due at some point. Other people are a little bit more uh, optimistic. I always compare it to the government. You know, people talk about their debt spending all the time. Well, you know, debt spending is not that big of a deal when nobody's coming to collect it. And that's the same thing in the NFL. It's a big deal when somebody's coming to collect it. Uh, but when nobody is, uh, and it got, it's even worse in the government because they're in charge and they just print more money if they need it. Uh, that hurts the average person, but it doesn't hurt them. Um, yeah. I, so, it, 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 but it, you're, I think your specific question, and correct me as I'm wrong, is this for some reason that they're going to acquire somebody? Right. No, no. This was already done. This was done last week. My buddy Jeff Carr, I love him. He asked me, did, did they restructure the contract? I said, yes, they restructured it last week. This is not uh, uh, impending. It's not immediate. There's no immediacy to it. So you don't think they're opening up space to acquire Buda Baker? No. Uh, they're, you know, again, in a larger picture, it, it as I I guess I didn't explain it well. Everything I'm not saying they're not going to acquire Buda Baker. I'm saying they're not restructuring Jordan Mylata to acquire Buda Baker. They're they're in in in, in they're restructuring Jordan Mylata and everybody else, and they structured Jalen Hurts's deal the way they structured his deal to have ability to do whatever they want. So if they like Buda Baker, they could trade for Buda Baker. If they liked Allen Robinson, they could have traded for Allen Robinson. If they liked Dalvin Cook, they could trade for Dalvin Cook. It, it, it's about the bigger picture. It's not about one specific move. And 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 again, Buda Baker, with the hurdles on 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 him, first Arizona has to agree to a tr trade him. Right. There's no evidence that he's on the market other than he wants to be on the market. He's under contract. Um, for two more years, they like the player from all indications, but he's got no more guaranteed money on his deal. So from his perspective, you know, basically what he wants is I want, I want guaranteed money and, and probably an extension, not probably definitely an extension and, and probably a raise and, and probably a raise. So there's a lot of hurdles before you even get to the Eagles like this player enough to want to want to pay him top of the market um, money for a safety. There's there's hurdles you got to get over before you even get to that point. Now maybe how we saying you know what I like this player, I want to go after this player. If I can convince Arizona to go after the player, then it becomes yes, he's part of the Jordan Mylott is part of the stew. But they didn't they didn't. Nego renegotiate. They didn't restructure Jordan Mailata's contract yesterday to go get Buda Baker. First of all, it was done last week, as I said. Um, second of all, as I said, the Buda Baker stuff is down the line. You got to convince Arizona to trade the player. You got to do all that other stuff. So, if you're looking for the direct A to B line, no, 
Does that mean they can't like Buda Baker? Absolutely not. Does that mean they can't trade for Buda Baker? Absolutely not. But I'm saying this particular move was not made to acquire Buda Baker. All right. So then my only last question, and I want to get to Jalen Hurts' ankle. Why at this time? It just uh, mandatory that in April, that's when they redo contract. Oh, they for guys why, that... why did they pick the day when they restructure Lane Johnson's deal? Why did they pick the day? You know, they get to it. You know, they got all these things. It's like any other business. Uh, all right. We don't need it yet. We don't need it yet. We don't need it yet. Now Jalen's deal is getting done. We want this amount of money for the budget. Let's, let's, Let's move Jordan. He's next. You know, all, all these contracts, I think people get, yeah, I think people get way too hyper-focused on one thing. Like it's a whole big, I keep using the word stew. It's a whole big stew, and it's all part of the picture. I, I You know, people would say all the time, well, the Eagles have no money. The Eagles have no money. The Eagles, when are they going to restructure Lane? When are they going to restructure Lane? Because they've done it so many times. I don't know. And then one day pops up yeah, and Field, just, Field Yates says they restructured Lane Johnson because he usually gets it first. So Just gets, wondering about the timing of these things. Maybe the Eagles understand it and we don't. And they have a rhyme and a reason on why they do it, when they do it. I get your... Uh, line of thinking of it's all just one big happy stew and it gets done when it needs to get done i guess i just don't follow what dictates when it needs to get done all right uh, jalen hurts got a 255 million dollar contract extension making the highest paid uh, player in the history of the national football league in average annual value and then the next day it comes out that he's had ankle surgery that they needed to do a cleanup on hardware from when he hurt his ankle in 2018 as a member of the Crimson Tide. He still had hardware in his ankle from five years ago. Now, this one I can probably figure out and just conjecture because Jalen hadn't told me the Eagles aren't going to tell us. Uh, yeah, they wanted to have the contract done before they announced that he had this surgery. And they are describing it as a minor procedure, but surgery is surgery. It's not the same surgery as when you or I were kids. Uh, the medical advances have uh, come a long, long way. But anytime the word surgery is attached to a medical procedure, it does give you at least a second of pause. They hold off on announcing this because they wanted to get the deal done first, John. Is there uh, any level of concern whatsoever that Jalen Hurts had his second uh, ankle surgery in the past two off seasons? Um, no, I mean, it, it, you know, as you mentioned, it's from an injury had at Alabama. That's how um, far away it was. And they put evidently they put in hardware, as they say, to, you know, to, to sort of stabilize the ankle. And he got back in about a month, uh, I think, was the time frame at Alabama trying to get on the field. My my guess is they weren't going to take it out, and 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 he started having some problems with it, and you know maybe feeling a little bit. And they said, "All right, let's take the stuff out." To me, that's a positive sign. That means the ankle's okay, um, and it is minor surgery, as you write. That's kind of a minor surgery. The old joke is it's minor to everybody else, but not the person undergoing the surgery. Exactly. Um, 
but from a football player standpoint, yeah, it's 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 maintenance. You know, even when we talked about Isaac Sayomala, it was a big deal when um, you know, there's two there's two operate when you have a Liz Frank fracture, there's two operations. The first one to repair it and you put the hardware in, the second one to take the hardware out when it's repaired. Um, and it became a big deal uh when it was revealed he had the second surgery because we're all nobody's doctors, but I mean that's the conventional way you treat that particular injury, which is pretty serious injury. Um, and when it was revealed, they took the hardware out. Um, everybody made a big deal at it, but it wasn't really a big deal. It, you know, again, relatively speaking, minor surgery for people who aren't having the surgery. That's what I would call this maintenance surgery, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did, you know, Jalen was back working out like within a week, whatever, um, really quickly, 10 days, something of that nature. He's going to be there April 24th. You know, you mentioned his contract. All that has to do with basically him showing up to sign it. You know, he's probably taking a little bit of a vacation as much as he does before he's got to be. Uh, the Eagles don't start off-season work, 32nd team in the NFL until April 24th. Everybody else started this week. So when he shows up, he'll sign the deal, and we'll get to talk to him and all that good stuff. Um, so it's agreed to terms at this point. But getting back to the surgery, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be worried about it. I'd be more worried about the, the surgery he had when he got hurt against the Giants on his other ankle. Um, and he showed up after the Tampa Bay playoff game in a walking boot. You know, if, you, if you're continuing to have issues with that, I'd be more concerned, but there's no evidence of that. Um, and the shoulder, there was a lot of people saying, oh, he's going to have surgery on the shoulder after the season. Well, he didn't. So, no, not that we know of. Not that, well, I asked specifically. And so either they're lying to me, which is possible. Um, but he didn't have surgery on the shoulder, uh, to our knowledge. Um, and, and, you know, but he plays uh, a, a, a dangerous sport and he plays it in a way. And that's the big concern where he's more susceptible to getting hurt. Um, but, you know, the Eagles have been pretty constant and they're going to take advantage of the shelf life, whatever the shelf life is. Right. Yeah. Apparently, you're much more open-minded when it comes to the timing of things, and I like to scrutinize the certain timing of things. I think it's more than a coincidence that the Eagles announce or let it be known that Jalen Hurts had ankle surgery earlier this offseason. Didn't hear a word about it. Oh, once he gets the contract done. Hey, you know, Jalen had this really minor surgery to take hardware out of his leg that was five years old and they finally got around to taking it out. Yeah, I do question that. And the fact that, like you say, with the Liz Frank surgery, you put the hardware in and then you take the hardware out. Can you tell me, and this is a completely unfair question, I'm going to ask you anywhere, anyway, Mac. Uh, can you tell me anyone else who had removal of hardware five years after the fact? They went back in and got the hardware that they thought was necessary at the time and decided to take it out five years afterwards when, when they, there's only one person that I can think of that's had that procedure. It does kind of grab my attention. 
Well, I have. I will say it happens all the time, and, and I I do really have any... five years after the fact. I oh, love yeah. you to well, give me a name. I I well, I'm not giving you a sports name, but I give you a, an average person's name. Uh, my wife had a knee replacement; had to get it removed. Do it. Uh, do it again because she got an infection. Um, that's far more serious. Um, it look. I'm sure somebody's gotten hardware in their ankle, their elbow, their wherever they put hardware in at times and they've had it re taken out. I just brought up Isaac right. now, five years after again, what typically happens in that I instance is you're not planning on taking it out and you take it out because maybe he was sore and he's like, what's this? I'm, I'm tired of being sore. Um, let's get it out of here. We don't need it. That's my guess. Now, I don't know that for sure. And when we get to jail and he'll get asked about it. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's my guess before I get to talk to him. Now, the second part is, look, we'll give credit to Tim McManus, my buddy, because uh, he 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 was the one who broke the story. The Eagles didn't announce this. Now, I you know, Tim's not going to tell me his source and he shouldn't. Right. We're not allowed to do that. So maybe it was the Eagles. Uh, maybe it was Jalen's camp. Um, I don't know. Uh, but the Eagles didn't announce he had surgery. Also, the surgery was in February. Um, again, when we talk about, we were just talking about the Milata extension. Again, people, I think, get hyper-focused on, well, they saw it yesterday, but it happened, it didn't happen yesterday. Now, that's a much closer. It happened the week before. But it didn't happen on the day most people saw it. Same thing with Jalen. People said eh, it happened in February. Um, so, you know. Right. That's after, why I'm questioning the timing. And well, right. after the season. Credit to Tim, uh, Timmy Mack for well, getting yeah, your story. Yeah, I, I get it. You're, story, you're questioning the timing. It did get timing. out at this time. And if you don't think that McManus was able to get that information because someone decided now was the time to let this information out, then the, I, I know you're a better reporter than that. Well, uh, no, you're questioning the timing. I'm saying that the actual surgery happened in February after the Super Bowl, like right, right away, essentially. Well, that's what I said earlier, previously this offseason. Um, but as far as the timing of, of when it was released and who released it, well, yeah, I get I get the conspiracy theory of that, but what what how is it going to affect the contract? Well, like, it doesn't affect the contract at all. I'm saying that because the contract was over and done, they didn't want this information getting out before they got the contract done. Now well, that my the contract's is, done, we'll okay, let this information get out. My question is, who didn't want the information out, and why didn't they want it out? Either side could have felt that way. They didn't want the why. That's what I'm asking. Why? What what is the big deal? Football players have surgery all the time. I, in other words, like, are are you saying the Eagles or or Jalen's camp is is afraid of? I don't know the the reaction of fans questioning because he had minor ankle surgery. Sure, uh, that they shouldn't pay him two hundred fifty five million dollars. You're yeah, we, we, we got, you know this. We, you know this better than I do. The Eagles can be controlling. The Eagles can be sensitive of the way certain things about their oh. team are covered and put out there by the media. Oh, I, I absolutely know that. I know yeah. that firsthand. 
I'm saying in this particular instance, um, I, I don't see, like, nobody cares. Uh, you know, well, when I put out well, stuff, Why do the Eagles care about the way John McMullen or uh, Chris Franklin or uh, anybody else covers their team? They shouldn't care. They should just go along with their business, do it. Yet they do. Yeah, but you know how I can tell because I get a text message inside of 10 seconds. Yeah. I didn't get a text message inside of 10 seconds. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. In other words, when, when Tim's story broke, I didn't get a bunch of Eagles people saying, trying to, this is not serious. This is blah, 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 blah. Well, but you, know, you don't, you don't know if Tim did or didn't get a text message, do you? Now, what I'm saying is we all do, Jody. In other words, when somebody breaks a story um, that the Eagles don't like, there is a very, very quick mobilization, I shall say, that they want to get their spin out. So if insert name says it, you know, they'll say, you know, this is the reason that blah, 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 blah. That's That's where I know... You know, they want to control things. In this particular instance, and again, Jalen's going to get all ask all these questions next week. So everybody's going to get all this information. I mean, we all know Jalen by now. He's not going to give you a ton of information, but he's going to get asked nine ways from Sunday about what's going on with the ankle. My assumption is he's going to shut it down pretty quickly and say, you know, it was bothering me, it was sore, let's get it done, let's get it over with, let's get it ready, let's get ready for next year, and that'll be it. And it'll get blown out, of, uh, it'll, you know, it'll get, turn the page on very, very quickly. When when the Eagles, like the Carson, I'll, I'll, the gang of whatever, I was at the Super Bowl, How, however many reporters, when, when our buddy Joe Santa Laquito's story came out, that's the kind of thing. There's a quick, quick mobilization that they're very, very concerned about. Um, I didn't get that on this is what I'm trying to say. Probably didn't okay. say it as succinctly as I should have. Then then maybe Tim, uh, Timmy Mac just got a piece of information that uh, nobody else was able to get. I, 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 if you think there is absolutely no coincidence between Jalen having had surgery Two months ago, he signs a contract extension, and then the information comes out like uh, days thereafter. If you think that's complete and total coincidence, okay, uh, maybe I'm a little bit more scared. Well, then I'll say, and we got to get to Mike. Well, uh, Mike Gill, I'll say, then why didn't they wait ten days? Why didn't we wait two weeks? Why didn't they wait a month? There are they that dumb to go? All right. We signed the contract. Now let's leak to uh, Tim McManus uh, about this ankle surgery. I mean, if they're that concerned about it, why don't you wait eight oh. eight weeks? Why All don't right. you wait and again seven weeks? John McMullen, you're the reporter. I'm not, but I I know for a fact this has happened. Sometimes someone gets information, they run it by the source, and the source says, "Listen, I can't confirm it with you today, but if you have some patience." I can confirm it within a period of time. And you hold off because you want to stay in the good graces of what your sources are. And then they give you the go ahead. Yeah, go ahead with that story right now. You know that that happens. And maybe that well, was the case that McManus well, was in all, and was told, listen, you might have the story, but if you hold off on this another couple of days, we'll give you that much more information on it. No, Tim's not holding off. 
Uh, you know, Tim's not holding off. I'm not holding off. McLean's not holding off. Now we'll contact him and we'll say, look, is this true? Um, but no, nobody's saying, oh, hold off to the contract. No, uh-uh, ain't happening. I know right. Tim really well. Ain't happening. Ain't uh, happening. So you've never uh, been asked by a source to give me 24, 48 hours? You've been asked. People will, will say, give me 24 hours to, you know, come back with an answer because you can't. Well, this is too complicated. We should probably get to the break. But you can't, like in Joe's piece, Joe's was a really big piece. You know, the Eagles were upset that Joe didn't give them enough time to come up with an answer because you can't just ask people. Uh, you just can't ask uh, PR people to say they don't have that kind of power. They don't have that kind of grab it. They got to go talk to Howie. They got to go talk in some cases to Jeffrey Lurie. And that takes some time. And yeah, you might give somebody 24 hours. Um, I wouldn't even say 48, probably 24 hours and say, all right, you know, my deadline is such and such. And then you'll put in a, a you know, team decline uh, uh, comment, but you give them a chance. That's, that's what you do. You give them a chance. You're not holding off. Uh, you're just giving me a chance to, to comment on a particular story. But Jody, this is not that important. This is minor surgery. This is not something where you say, oh, I have a minor surgery story. Can you confirm this or deny this? And you got to run it up the chain? No. Uh, that, Tim's not doing that. All right. And Tim, of course, is an ESPN guy. I think we've had Timmy on once, but you have to jumpsuit so many hoops to get an ESPN guy. He's got to get cleared by so many different people. We got an ESPN guy coming up next. Now, it's a little bit different. Uh, he is technically an ESPN guy, works for ESPN Radio 97.3 down the shore. Yeah, we get him whenever we want. He's good enough to come with us all the time. Mike Gill, up next, our early Wednesday guy here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. We got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, and we got our buddy from down the shore, ESPN uh, 97.3, the host of Sports Bash, Mike Gill. All right, Gill, what shirt you got on? The uh, high school football shirt. Our buddy Colin Thompson is the oh, offensive yeah. coordinator for the Caper Tigers. They sent me a shirt. Coach Lance Bailey gave give him a shout out. They sent me a little care package that had a bunch of shirts when they did their military day. Nice. I I've been trying to get a damn something from Colin Thompson, a hat or something for his uh, you know, well, his new company. He keeps promising to give it to me. Yeah, I talked to him last night. I said I'm going to rep your shirt on uh, Bird Three Sixty Five tomorrow. So maybe right. he's watching. Yeah, see Colin. If you sue it, I'll rep the shirt. Come on. Well, I'm not because he's not going to send me one. And what the <laughs> hell? Isn't a caper a fish? What do you got? A football team named after a fish? The caper tigers. It's lower Cape May. The May. caper lower tigers. May. Yeah. They the uh, famous Cape alum. Their team, the capers, really? The famous alum that. would be Matt Caesar, former Villanova. Matt Caesar. Chicago Cub, go. right? Yeah. World Matt Series Caesar. champion Matt C and Villanova uh national champion Villanova. yeah at uh, for yeah. the football team he was a dual sport star down there for the Caper Tigers oh, it was Bo Jackson for the what? Caper Tigers learned uh, something every day he had a cup of coffee with the Phillies in in uh, camp uh, Did he? I remember that in the COVID year I think he was down there in spring training. Nice. Did not All come right. north Some lower them. Kate May knowledge. Nice, nice to have it. Um, where should we start, Jody? We were just talking about Jan. Now, Mike knows. Here's an interesting part. We were talking back and forth about the timing of the ankle surgery. Um, and if the Eagles wanted to hide this information or not, or whom whomever, maybe, maybe Jalen Hurts' camp. Now, you had me on your show, Mike, and the day of before we knew about the ankle surgery, I mean, there were already people complaining. Oh, how could you give you, you gave me a couple text messages you got? How could you give Jalen Hurts $255 million? Why not let him play out the final year of his deal? You already yeah. have these people. So I guess that's <laughs> my question is like, what's the big deal about minor ankle surgery that people are trying to hide it? Are you in my camp or Joe? Well, wait a minute. Did you guys know about this surgery before Tim McManus reported it yesterday? No. 
That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, he was saying. So when did you have this conversation with Mike about his surgery? No, he's no, saying, he said I'm the saying, listeners, the listeners yeah, the were listeners. sending text messages in yes. saying, so the why listeners did they... knew that uh, he had this ankle surgery no, before us. No, and they didn't, and they were still complaining. No, they were so, complaining that they could have waited yeah. because he has another year left on the deal. Some people think the Eagles panicked and gave yeah. him this money before they had to give him the money because he was contractually signed to play another year. So yeah. you had that camp of people that said he only did this one year. Why would you give him $255 million? What does that have to on- do with the ankle surgery? Because we we had mentioned that you said, I, I, I asked you, Jody, I said, well, why? Why? And, and you said, well, you know, people are going to be concerned and it's going to be a blown up. Adi- I'm, what I'm trying to say with Mike's listeners is, there was already concern. They didn't need the ankle surgery. Well, so I don't that, know what's that, being that accomplished. That helps make my point. If there are I people don't, already uh, with concern, you want to give them more reasons for concern and I, let I, everybody I, I, know he had ankle surgery? Well, if, no, what I'm trying to say the is... The haranguing will only get louder. It, it, you know, if, if, if somebody's at that level, you're not timesing it by 10. They're at that level. If you're a lunatic, you're a lunatic. There's not levels of it. So of course, I, I, and I, of course there's levels to lose. I, I don't, what are you I don't talking know, about? I don't know. Again, what's being accomplished is my only question. I can't get to that uh, bottom line. What's being accomplished by hi- hiding that Jalen Hurts had minor ankle surgery to, to have uh, hardware removed from an injury that was four or five years I ago. will say this, based on your conversation before, I'm no newsbreaker, but I have broken news before. It was the it's like the worst 24 hours of your life, which is why I'm not a newsbreaker. But I had the story that Mickey Moniak broke his wrist and was going to be out. So I put the information out for about an hour. People just blasting me because it had been reported earlier that he had an MRI and there was nothing reported that had been wrong. Well, I got some information. I called a second person, got the same information. Well, the team did not want that to be out there yet. Well, finally, about an hour and a half goes by, which felt like 15 days, Jim Salisbury did confirm that I was correct with the story, but the team did not want the news to get out, I guess, at that time because they had – to make a move, you know, to to it, it was before the season started. If you remember, Mickey got hit in the hand in a in a in a preseason game, an exhibition training, game, right? Um, so the question, I guess, you're asking John is why would the t- why would they wait or would they wait or would Tim wait? I guess, I guess the answer to that is if I wasn't waiting and I'm on the lowest of the low scale of news breaking, I can't imagine Tim at ESPN is being told. Hey, hold this off for as long as possible until we can figure out a way. Now, from my understanding, talking to you and, yesterday, and oh, by John, the way, I don't know that. I just threw that out as a possibility. I, I don't. Maybe somebody asked him to hold this. Off. I, I haven't talked to Tim. I haven't talked to my boy T-Mac in years. So I don't know why Tim reported the way that he reported. I'm just asking the question. Yeah. Why did it come out at this time if this minor procedure was done upwards of two months ago? And uh, oh, I got I that. Know. I'm just I don't giving know. you. Nobody knows, so that's why we're speculating. 
I'm just giving you the the the, the information that I would say in terms of me. I, the, the team didn't say anything to me. Like I didn't know I had this information. I didn't ask them for anything. So I would say, listen, I got two people told me. They both told me the exact same thing. Okay. Now, from talking to you, John, yesterday, my understanding is because I did not read the full Tim story because it, it was on when I was on the air. This is an injury that occurred when he was in college, right? Yeah, Alabama. Not even. So Oklahoma, this isn't like Alabama. he hurt himself. No, he did have that ankle injury Against two seasons Giants, ago. Yeah. That, that I kept would have him been more concerned, game. yeah, if it were that. And he had later, surgery yeah. after that, too, when he got hurt against the Giants. Yeah, he did. Season. Right, and so this had... seems to be something that would be pretty, like, routine, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, after no, Tim. It's, it's, yeah, now we're, we're, we're re-legislating the same thing. It's not routine when you have surgery to clean up hardware five years after the fact. That makes it non-routine. Is it a major procedure? No, it's minor. That's It's just minor surgery. You go in, you take out some stuff that you put in there to help the injury uh, heal. But it doesn't usually happen five years after the fact. If you get the hardware put in, you get the hardware taken out. That's yeah. true. Yes. You don't hear of guys getting random ankle surgery five years after five years something after the occurred. Fact. That was the point that I was making. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, did it say in the article whether or not he was going to be missing any mini camp, no, training camp? That kind uh, of no, he's expected back. Remember, it happened. Uh, the surgery happened in February. So right after the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, he's already been back doing his routine uh, in the Eagles training center. So yeah, April 24th is the start of off-season work. He's going to be there with bells on, uh, probably talking to us, certainly uh, during the week, about his new contract. But if the Eagles had any concern, and by the way, that's the the arbiter of this entire thing. If the Eagles had any concern health-wise at this stage, they're not going to, hey, we're going to give you $255 million. Then Fair. your text message person, you do have an extra year, there are more concerns health-wise if you have a significant, say, degenerative condition or something. I will like say, that. John, yesterday, a lot of these text messages followed up saying, now that I've seen the breakdown, admitting Oh, wrong. now they love it. Now they love it. Well, I think the thought was, see, you have this camp of people that feel like when you pay the quarterback, the team is now in peril. You can yeah. no longer improve the team. And once you sign him, and then I guess the question is, did he do enough to make you feel like if you lost A.J. Brown because you couldn't afford him anymore? Did he do enough because you lost Devonta Smith because you could no longer afford him? Did he do enough because you can't bring back Landon Dickerson when his contract's up? Has he shown that he's that type of player that if he starts to lose pieces, that you could stick – Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill – they got back to a Super Bowl and won. Now, I guess the question is, is Jalen Hurts the same type of quarterback with that money that if he starts to lose players around them because his money prohibits them from bringing that type of player back? This contract structure seems to be set up so that they can bring maybe not all those people back, but a lot more than you would have anticipated when you signed a deal of that structure. Or, or of that much money. Yeah. Uh, even even I, and I wasn't concerned. I, I thought, you know, maybe the Eagles would get two 
potentially three years where you can sort of have the championship window to build the best roster possible, then you're going to have some issues. If you didn't start reworking the deal, um, they really got four uh, to where before they can have to readjust, so to speak. And, and we'll see where Jalen is at that point. Um, yeah, I was pretty impressed by the deal. I got to admit. And, you know, I, I, you know, people tell me a lot that, yeah, you know, we talked to Brad Spielberger on the show yesterday. He's one of the best cap guys in the business. Um, there's always a doomsday scenario. You know, we just went through it essentially from a financial perspective with the pandemic. First time ever, the salary cap went backwards. Um, and and now that as we're moving forward, the, t- the TV deal is in place. So, you know, the structure and what it's going to be. The, the general idea is the cap is going to keep going up 20 million a year. So a dollar... And Brad explained this yesterday, Mike, a dollar today, a salary cap dollar is not going to be the same as a dollar four years from now. It's going to be much more valuable. Um, Are you worried about paying the credit card debt four years, five years down the road when the cap number explodes? I'm worried about paying my credit card debt four years <laughs> down the road, not the Eagles. They are much better. I don't even own a credit card. So, um, no, no, because now that's some news, by the way. How do you get through I, life without a credit card? I wish, but no credit cards for me. Uh, no, so I'm not debit, worried. You have a debit card. You, you're not that old school. You're paying cash, are I you? I do have a debit card, yes, okay. but no the credit card. Debit card is basically a credit card you just. When I go to the counter, money. when I go to the counter and they say debit or credit, I only say debit. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything good. racking up on my credit card. Good, good idea. Uh, that's good. Man. That's discipline, by the way. I'm yeah, what you right. call in the credit world a ghost. I don't exist, right? I'm, no I'm very, I'm very impressed by that, Mike. It's Thank very you. Disciplined, but uh, no, I have no. Howie Roseman doesn't give this deal out without thinking four years down the road, how do I maneuver my, my way out of this deal? Or Brad Spielberger, whoever's the guy pulling uh, in charge to say, here's the deal. This is what it's going to look like. There's an $80 million balloon sitting at the end. Well, he essentially, when you look at this deal, it, it's like he restructured, preemptively restructured the deal inside the deal so that the deal has a balloon payment at the end of $80 million. So what they'll do is they'll approach him at that time and ask him to restructure the deal and then take the 80 million and sprinkle that out over the length of the next contract that he's going to sign. And essentially, as John mentioned, you get $20 million extra each year um, in salary cap space. They're just going to take that 80 million and move it over the next deal that he gets, which Keep this in mind. He got a $255 million deal. The next one he gets probably going to be $400 million. So they already have accounted for that deal, I would imagine. Right? I mean, if I'm no credit card guy, I'm accounting for that deal. I'm sure Brad Spielberger and Howie Roseman clearly have that mindset already in their head that they've got another payment coming down the road, and we'll just sprinkle that money. You know, John always brings up, Roseman has the best job ever. He can do these things without fear of it blowing up in his face and getting fired. 
So he can take these type of chances and make these big deals knowing eight years from now, I can do it again. Most guys don't think they're going to be around eight years from now to be able to do this. So all their contracts are structured for the team now in the window that they're there. He's able to structure deals for now and eight years down the road because he knows he's going to be there eight years down the road. It's a heck of a way to have a job, isn't it? Job security is a really yeah. nice thing to give you flexibility to do things the way that you want and how he's earned it. So more power to him that he's in the trust position that he is with Jeff Flory. All right. Uh, we still have uh, you scheduled again next week for your usual Wednesday spot, but we got to get your read on the draft, even though we're more than a week out. Do you think Jalen Hurts' contract extension affects the way the Eagles look at this upcoming draft? even in the smallest of ways. Well, then, Jody, if you are pontificating this morning about the timing of the ankle news, wouldn't you then say, well, they brought Paris Johnson in yesterday. Does that show you that they're looking in that direction? Uh, I would answer your question as a no, though. I don't think it means, hey, we signed the quarterback. Now we need to protect him uh, with a guy at number 10. Uh, Paris Johnson uh, I, I, you know, Peter Skronsky is the guy we kept hearing. Now, yesterday, Johnson comes in for a visit. He's played some right guard at Ohio State. They moved him to the left tackle position. I think he projects more as a tackle. So he's the kind of guy that can say, hey, you played right guard. Can we stick you in there? And then you're the heir apparent to play right tackle at some point. Um, possible. But, no, I don't. I don't think, you know, that they're going to change. If Nolan Smith is the highest guy on their board – I think they take Nolan Smith over Paris Johnson. Uh, at this point, you know, the B. John Robinson stuff's been talked about to death. If they want to take him, that's who they're going to take. Now, you could make a slight argument, I guess, to say, well, we signed the quarterback to this huge deal. If you're in another camp, I know, John, you're on one side to say they don't want to change the way Hurts plays. But if they gave him this deal and they say, well, let's get him B. John Robinson so he doesn't have to run as much. We'll, we'll get a guy that can kind of, you know, handle that for him. I don't think that's going to happen either. So to answer your question, Jody, no, I don't think the deal changes their mindset on draft day. I think they're going to draft the guy, they, the, the best guy uh, available when they're, when it's their turn or take the best deal available when it's their turn. Um, Mike got a chance to talk to Mark Dominic yesterday. He did his uh, pre-draft conference call with uh, reporters Um you know he's he's close to Howie. He and <clears throat> excuse me, he and Howie came in around the same time, and John Snyder as well. Those guys are very close. Um, and he jokes he's the only one not not standing because he couldn't find the quarterback. Um, so sixty seven percent hit rate, pretty good. But we had Chris Landry on the show earlier in the week. He he had the number at sixteen to seventeen at true first round picks. Mark was a little more liberal. He, he had it at 22. Um, we all know how he's going to move around. Is he going to trade up? Is he going to trade back? Now, Mark said, you know what? He's got the quarterback now. He's been operating in this sort of past couple years. Well, we don't know. People forget. They try to memory hold us. 12 months ago, we we're talking about is Jalen Hurts the guy? They didn't like Kenny Pickett. It was a bad quarterback draft. They had to kick back one of their three first-round picks to this year, all as an insurance plan in case they had to go up and get 
the Bryce Youngs of the world and C.J. Strouds of the world. Now they have the quarterback. So Mark said he's going to be aggressive. He's going to go up to get one of those three defenders, and he was talking about uh, uh, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter. Um, You buying that? Or 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 you thinking about him moving back more than moving up? Well, last week I think we talked about the possibility of moving up to number three with Arizona taking six calls. And would it make sense that Philadelphia was one of those six calls? Would I buy it? Yeah, sure. Um, because you're right. You know, when you have a quarterback on the rookie deal, which they did, but they also had the Wentz deal hovering over them at the same time in dead money, which kind of precluded them from, you know, doing a lot some other things. But what do they have? Uh, 16 of 22 starters signed already um, on this team. So they do have a lot of younger talent that, listen, give Roseman some credit. He has been killed in the past for his some of his draft misses but now a lot of players drafted are performing Mylotta, Dickerson um you know Goddard Smith he just lost Miles Sanders but that was another pick uh, of his on the offensive side of the ball so he has built the offense up where he I don't want to say he doesn't have to think about it as much but that he can be aggressive to go get a guy if he really, really likes them. The one issue is he doesn't have the picks in tow right now for next year. They're going to have a boatload of picks, we think, with all the compensatory picks that are coming to them next year. So if he's going to make a trade on draft night with picks for next year, it's going to be have to be the ones that they already own. They can't give up an imaginary pick that they don't have yet. So do they have enough ammo right now to go from 10 up to a player how far? Three? Probably. But that, what will that leave them with in this year's draft? If they want to do stuff with next year's draft, they're going to have a lot of picks, but they're only restrained to the picks that they actually own currently. So that will make it a little interesting. But, you know, if mm-hmm. Jalen Carter starts to get to five, six, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they said, let's do it. Let's That's, that's the guy. Let's go out and get him. All right, Mike, got to get you tied down on the running back position. Rumors out there that the Eagles could have interest in Dalvin Cook. The sped it, the sports betting books are putting out on, oh. on where Dalvin Cook could land, and the Philly uh, name always pops up on any of the viable players. Oh, the Eagles could trade because Howie Roseman likes the deal. I don't get this a little bit. People are <laughs> like, well, we can't use the 10th pick in the draft on a 22-year-old projected to be the best running back in the draft in the last five years. Oh, but let's trade for a guy who's sneaking up on 30 years old, already established, already proven. Uh, uh, B. John Robinson hasn't, hasn't had one carry in the NFL yet. I get that. So it's a different type of player. But we want a guy who's well into his 20s and is already making more than $10 million per than a guy who you would pick at number 10 and be on his rookie deal for the last four years. Do the Eagles want to uh, upgrade at running back, or are they okay going well, in with think, Rashad Penny this year? I think what they like is going down the discount rack. And if they can get a guy like Cook who has been highly – not on the discount rack? 
Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> what do they have to give up to get him? If they, you know, no, if, I'm if talking about those, his yeah. salary. He's scheduled to make over ten million dollars next year. There's no way that you can consider a ten million plus running back on the discount rank. You can't. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what do I have to give up to get him? You know, if you're telling me, hey, we'll take a fourth round pick you just get to get him free. out of here. The, the, the Vikings will do what the Rams did yesterday. Yeah. You swap seventh round position. There you go. It doesn't right. cost That's a damn the point. thing. You're not, you're you're not paying him. Salary. You're not paying him the $14 because you're making the Vikings pay the majority of the salary. You're probably going to pay him like $4 million. So it's right. like a baseball move. You're essentially – the Vikings are essentially buying some draft capital. Correct. If, if exactly. That deal, if that so deal if the went Vikings down. are willing to just say what the Rams did, Jody, you're right. You, you take them. We'll pay you to get rid of him. Give us a fifth rounder just to say we got him out of here because we, we're ready to turn to start over. Um, I think the Eagles would be interested in that type of deal because they didn't get the player kind of on the contract on the way out, they don't have to worry about it as opposed to a guy for the five years. Um, and they look, they have Penny here already, who's already questionable with injury issues. Cook, his problem has been he's always hurt. We only know who Alexander Madison is because he plays all the time because Cook is constantly uh, hurt. But when he's not hurt, whoo, he is. I mean, he's right up there with Kamara as one of the most talented two-way uh, backs in this league. So if they can figure out a way to get him, I think, yeah, Jody, I think they probably would say we can give up a back-end pick to get an established player. Yeah, he might be have an injury history, but that allows us to focus on some other areas. I would think that that would be more probable than taking a running back at number 10. Or yeah, I You know, the Eagles really liked Alvin Cook in 2017. The Eagles really wanted a running back in 2017 for people that don't know. They wanted Christian McCaffrey in the first round. The second round, they wanted Dalvin Cook at 43. The Vikings kind of knew that. Uh, They moved up to 41 to get him. The Eagles ended up drafting Sidney Jones. So I, I brought this up to people, you know, by the way, the Eagles aren't getting Dalvin Cook because the betting markets are, are saying it, you know, you get all these emails with these different sports books and because the Eagles are the Eagles, they're always in the conversation. They're always near the top. One of them said the Eagles were the favorite to get Dalvin Cook. The other one said they were the second favorite. I'm sure you got these emails as well, Jody, probably mm-hmm. you as well, Mike. Um, now I will say he's only 27. Uh, he, 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 you know, you mentioned the injuries. He's been healthy. He's had four consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Really productive guy. Really good player. However, I mean, he's he's carried the football a lot. There is a lot of tread off that tire. Yeah. Um, and you've seen the decline start already. That's why Minnesota wants to move to Alexander Madison. That's why. Because mm-hmm. he's not the player he once was. If If the Vikings cut him, and he wants to come here to ring shop for the veteran minimum or somewhere near that a little bit more. Cause he's still a good player, maybe four or 5 million. I could buy it, but yeah. they're not giving anything up for Dalvin cook. I, you know, Mike knows this 97% of the time with the big name trap. Um, no, no on Allen Robinson. No on Dalvin cook. That's why I said with Buda Baker, I'll think about that one. But 97% yeah. of the time, 
It's one of my yeah. favorite things to do, Jody, is when somebody is either rumored to be released or freshly released. When I get John on at that moment to say, big name just got released, because <laughs> you're right. The betting markets know the Philadelphia fans are so uh, passionate and somewhat lunatical. Is that a word? Yeah, that, go with it. A lot <laughs> of lunatics to that. That they will go out and you know put money on. The, the Eagles are going to get – I mean, you take a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who they don't even uh, like. Yeah. But I couldn't say no player. fast enough on Ezekiel Elliott. Right. I, it, I, I think I called up Mike to get on the show earlier. Just <laughs> to say no on Ezekiel hey, look, The Buddha Baker one's funny. I mean, I'm sure – I don't know if you guys saw the clip with him on uh, – with Kay Adams yesterday, I guess it was, where he's like, man, I like that coach at Philly. I mean, he is putting out all the nuggets. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, now that was that, but, but Mike, that was from the Super Bowl. That was from oh, right, right, right. But the clip has been circulating yeah, yeah, around. The clip, somebody put the clip up, and a lot of people bought it, like he was talking yesterday. That's right. one of my problems with the the Jordan Milata thing we're talking about. The the surgery that happened back in the Super Bowl when Buddha was just saying, "Oh, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl." They're talking to Case, talking to him about the Super Bowl. He's like, "I like Nick Sirianni." Yeah. There, there's nothing more to it than he was being a nice guy and saying, and he probably <laughs> well, does. But that question was being asked a lot at the Super Bowl. I do recall that because yeah. of Sirianni, yeah, you know, people exactly. getting asked, "Would you like yeah, to play yeah, for yeah. a guy who's jumping up in the crowd, yeah, yeah. everybody to get him going?" Yeah. So Buddha likes Nick Sirianni, but doesn't like Jonathan Gannon. That's not good. That's not good from an Arizona perspective. But where him. are people getting the he doesn't like Jonathan Gannon? He wants more money. He wants guaranteed money. He took I shots think, at the organization, John. When he, when he asked for more money, he did take shots. He didn't just come in and go, listen, I'm the best safety in the National Football League. I need to be paid the top dollar. No, he took shots at the organization and the way things have been run. Well, the owner's a disaster. The, yeah. the, GM, the, the, the owner hired Jonathan Gannon. The GM's gone, but that's the point. That what the the organization he's talking about, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, is Steve Kime, they're gone. It's now Monty Osenfort and Jonathan Gannon. He, he doesn't even know those guys. Now maybe he hates them. I don't. I don't. But I, I think I don't it's know. clear that Buddha. If you and by the way, if you watch them, what were they on? Were they on Hard Knocks or the in season one? In season Hard Knocks, right? Yeah. Baker is a very passionate and just oh, outspoken yeah. type of well, that's player. Another reason he is a leader. He is a yes, and you can leader. tell that that team's just not good enough right now. And I think that frustration boils over as well, is that I'm on a team that's rebuilding, it's not good enough, I don't have guaranteed money, get me the heck out of here. I think his personality is, you know, we talked about last year with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, people were worried about he was so boisterous. We never really saw that on the field. Like, you know, uh, Buda Baker's the same type. Of, he is very boisterous on the field. He's also very boisterous off the field. Yeah. Uh, and you saw him in that video in that uh, TV show. Uh, they really found his personality, and his personality is passionate. That yeah. dude wants to win, and yeah. I think he understands they're not ready to win anytime soon. I mean, keep in mind, 
you'll you sign the quarterback, so now you're stuck with that deal because they didn't have Roseman structure the contract there. So they gave him a deal where they're going to be stuck with that kid. And he's not even ready to play for half, if not more than half the season. The backup quarterbacks hurt as well. They're basically going into the season with the third string quarterback. So if you're Buda Baker, you're already going in saying, we got no shot this year. Yeah, probably. Probably. And, you know, from that perspective, you know, maybe Monty and, and, and JG are like, you know, we're not ready. And by the time we are ready, uh, Buddha won't be a big part of it. So maybe that helps the Eagles down the road work out uh, a deal. But all I'm saying is I, I, I have no idea if Buddha Baker doesn't like Jonathan Gannon or does like Jonathan Gannon. I know he's upset with his contract and that happens all the time with veteran players. The guaranteed money runs out. You want a new deal. Well, with just happened with Darius Slay. You, you just talk about a new GM. Would they be boisterous enough to say this wasn't my quarterback? I'm get I'm drafting my guy. We'll cut this guy. We'll take the dead money and move on. That would well, be they, the they let they let the last quarterback, the, the last coach, do that. He came in after they used the first round pick on Rosen at number ten. He goes, no, 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 no. That's your quarterback. Screw yeah. this. I want to take Kyler Murray with the number one pick. So they let right. the last coach do it. So why wouldn't they let Gannon do it if he wanted to? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if they just said, "Listen, you know," because how many teams are taking dead money on now? Now this is a good. This would be a monstrous amount of dead money with yeah. Tyler Murray. Yeah. But it would be a that would completely rock the draft on that night. Nobody thinks they're taking a quarterback. But if they and took by the one, way, I'm sure that's what Jeffrey Lurie played into when he was trying to get Jonathan Gannon to come back and saying, "Hey." Dude, you don't you don't want to d- jump into this yeah. dumpster fire that exactly. is the Arizona Cardinals. You know, stay here. I'm going to give you a, a big raise. Uh, be the de- de- and you're going to be a head coach down the road. That's probably the sales pitch. And and by the way, Jeffrey admitted, yes, he did do that. Not the pitch, but he tried to get Jonathan Gannon to come back at the league meetings. Um, that was probably his pitch. Look, Bill Bidwell's. He's not. He's not going to allow you to take on that dead money if you don't like a player. Make he's not going to allow you to do things. He's basically, you know, you saw that NFLPA um, report card about organizations and facilities. Cardinals were, boof, down at the bottom. They're charging players for food. That's They're charging players for food. Exactly right. So then you question Jonathan again. Why the hell did you take the job? If, 32, if, baby. Only 32 of them. Yeah. So you don't That's think – If you're Jeff Lohr, you can't sell that. Come back and, and hang with us and we'll pay you like a head you coach. Tried. You're you that tried. good that you're going to get another shot. You're right. If you're offered a job, there is no promise that you're ever going to be offered it on, again. On that note, by the way, and I think I brought this up to you, You know, we'll go Seinfeld and bring it back to the beginning of the story here. Roseman – was the most hated man, I think, in the history. of. Uh, I've been doing radio for however long, 20 years. I don't know. Nowhere near as long as you guys. But that guy was probably the most hated figure in the city, period. Period. I don't even think there was a number two. People hated that guy. And I said to John yesterday, that guy has never had a rumor of leaving. No one has tried to hire him. He could easily say, man, this place hates me. I'll go to Detroit where they'll appreciate me. 
I'll go to Cincinnati. I'll go to Cleveland. I'll go to Buffalo. I'll go to this Jets. Never. The the, the first that, that, chance. That doesn't that, happen much with GMs in the NFL, Mike. Give, give no, me a juicy but I'm just saying, my point a, is. A general manager changing teams in the NFL. Well, they usually get fired. There's guys who well, get fired, yeah, and picked up someone. Yeah. But, you know, John Gannon, <laughs> they hated that guy, and he said, I got a job offer. See you guys later. You don't appreciate what I do. I'm out of here. Roseman has gone from the most hated sports figure in the town for a plethora of years. And yeah, he had to get the darkest tint on his windows. <laughs> and, and now, and now, you know, again, like I said, the guy has never said, you know what? This, I want a new challenge. This isn't for me. This place hates me. This guy embraces it. He should be the most popular figure in this town, bar none. It's amazing the turnaround. This guy's turnaround has been unparalleled. I don't can't think of another guy who's close, Jody. You've been doing this longer than me. I mean, Norman Bremen was despised. Since him, I don't know that there's been a sports figure in Philadelphia that was hated more than Howie Roseman, and now almost universally tails stuck between legs all over broad street up there yeah well you know if people memory hole stuff mike they just forget it and they turn the page that's what i always bring up it's no use bringing up hypocrisy to a hypocrite because they don't (laughs) care i have never (laughs) i have never been a howie hater and i have segments on my show where i invite people to text in to apologize to the man i say free time right now to to say I was wrong about Howie. And those people don't want to do it. They still don't want to admit that they hate him. No, they're, they're, they're going to uh, use uh, memory loss as a great defense. Uh, Mike, you got to run. We ran over. Thank you very much for staying as long as you did. We will talk to you next Wednesday when we will be one day away from the draft. Look forward to that, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, All right, Mike. Mike At Mike Gill Show on Twitter, Sports Bash 2 to 6, 97.3. If you're down the shore. And he had a caper shirt on today. Next week, will he have a flounder shirt on? Since I think he's got to go back to West Virginia. But next we're going week. with been fish. I think he may stay in the fish. He may have a big bass shirt on, uh, Mike Gill. Tune in to find out. But we got a whole week to get to before Gill rejoins us. We only got a couple of minutes to go before Chris Franklin from NJ.com yeah, joins us. We're off schedule, Jody. We're off schedule. Stay right here Too with us talking. on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Mac, Mac, guys. We got McClellan Hill. You on Birds 365. Appreciate Gil. We went to a bunch of different places with him, and uh, Mike is uh, malleable and and does a nice job uh, jumping around with us to whatever we're covering. I did disagree with him on one thing, though, and it all comes down to degrees, John. I'm not saying that Mike was wrong. I'm just saying I disagree with his look at degrees. When the Eagles got the Jalen Hurts contract signed this week. And locked him in for the mega bucks that they did. To say it'll have no effect on their draft whatsoever, I think is wrong. I think you have to. I think Howie Roseman is one of the best football executives in all of football. When you make as massive a move as getting your quarterback locked up for the next six years at Buku Bucks, to just go, well, we'll draft the same exact way we did. No, you can't. That, that's not the way you build an organization. Every move you make is a domino effect. Every move you make affects your next move and your next move and your next move. In a capped world, it has to be that way. Do I think the Eagles rearranged their board drastically because they signed Jay Lurch? No. Could there be tinkering? Could there be a different view? Could they value something a little bit more than they did before they got the Jalen Hurts contract done? Yeah, I do. I think you make that big a move. You dedicate $255 million and say, well, it affects nothing else we're going to do. I I think that would be considered mismanagement. I think Howie's better than that. Well, from from your phrasing, I'm going to agree and disagree. I, I think the deal has an impact on their drafting. Um, and I, but I think the, the part where I disagree, like, I, 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 again, we're talking a lot about the immediacy of the moment. Like, whether it was, I thought it was going to happen June 1st to June 10th. 
whether it happened April 17th or June 5th, it was going to happen. And he already had his plan in place with the knowledge that this deal was coming. It, this deal's not a surprise. Like the date to us is a surprise. It's not a surprise to Howie Roseman, nor is the contract. You know, if a schlub like me can come up with, well, it's going to be 48 to 52 with the help of, you know, salary cap people who do this stuff for a living and are very good at it, and it ends up at 51, I I, I mentioned leading up to the show up so many times, they understand the budget. They understand the ballpark where the deal was going to be. So this plan was already put into place, Jody. So the part I agree on, yes, this deal has an impact on the way the Eagles are going to draft, but it already had. The actual agreements doesn't change things. They're already – John, here's why I disagree with you. They knew the ballpark of where the deal was going to be. Did you have a clue? If I had said to you, John, here's the way I think the contract's going to look. And here's what I think the caps are gonna have cap hits are gonna be for the first four years. Do you think you would have go, yeah, Jody, I think you're on to something. When you said 48 to 52, which Joe Banner had said, I said, Yeah, you guys probably got a pretty damn good read on this. If I had told you he was only gonna count six million against the cap in the first year and 13 million in the next year and 21, you would have told me you're nuts. There's no, no way and they'll do I, I like said that. that's the part. It was better than I expected. If anything, exactly. It's better. So you don't think getting the deal done has affected their draft? No, because the fact it's that be- they've been able to do it the way they've done it. Because it's better than I expected. It's not better than what they expected. They know. They they know. I mean, and I give Jake uh, more credit. Uh, no one. I always like to get Jake Rosenberg because nobody does. Um, they know that, and and they knew before. April 17th, and, you know, it's not, again, it's not like they put six different wildly gesticulating deals in front of Nicole Lynn and said, pick one. You know, and one was, well, the cap number is going to be 35, and it's not going to be backloaded, and one is the cap number is going to be six in the first year, and it is going to be backloaded. No, they knew. So what I'm saying their their philosophy isn't changing because the agreement was made. But where it changed was, and we've already seen this in free agency, Jody, where it changed was they knew this deal was coming. They knew it's a different phase of roster building, as good as they do their job. And that's why the Javon Hargraves aren't here and the C.J. Gardner-Johnson and, 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 and the T.J. Edwards and all those players aren't here. And that's why the Nicholas Morrows are, and you're playing lottery tickets with Rashad Penny. What I'm saying is I agree with you that the deal changes their drafting philosophy, but it already changed it. They already came into the whole process understanding where it was going to be. So I don't think the actual agreement changes anything, but the contract changes a lot of things, if that makes sense. Right, but uh, to use the guy you just brought up, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, don't you think they had that deal done? Don't you think they think they had that deal done, that they put a good enough offer on the table for him? Yeah, of, of course, but... But then they didn't get it done. Yeah, but I. this is what Howie does better than most. Contingencies, contingencies, contingencies. I say it all the time. We brought it up. Alan Robinson. I saw somebody tweet. It was uh, somebody from the 33rd team. Ari 
uh, uh, tweeted um, yesterday. The Eagles were really close to signing Allen Robinson. They were very close. He chose. The Eagles wanted him. He chose. He wanted to play for the Super Bowl champions. How ironic right. is that? Mm-hmm. They ended up crappy. The Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Goes to Bowl and right. the Eagles are thanking their lucky stars. Allen Robinson picked the Rams. However, as I often bring up on the show and I brought up, forget about Allen Robinson. It was Calvin Ridley first. Then it was Christian Kirk. Then it was Robert Woods. Then it was Allen Robinson. If they get any of those players, Jody, A.J. Brown isn't here. Any of them. Howie's good with contingencies. At safety, it was Marcus Williams. Then it was Justin Reed. Then it was Honey Badger. And 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 then uh, they turn to the trade to C.J. Gardner Johnson. No, everything doesn't work out. But these are plan- th- This is why the Eagles are good, good. And I hate when I give them too much credit because they get big heads. Um, they're good with contingencies. They have these plans. They got Plan B. They got Plan C. Because you're right. Guess what? You're going to want a player at ten, or you're going to want a player at thirty or you're going to want to trade down and somebody else is going to, like I brought up in 2017, the Eagles are sitting there at 43. We're taking Dalvin cook. We're taking Dalvin cook. We're taking Dalvin cook. Then bang, Minnesota goes up and gets Dalvin pick two picks earlier. And you're stuck taking Sidney Jones. Didn't work out in that instance because of the injury. Um, But they have these contingencies. They're already in the, in the pipe, as we say. Right. But contingencies are different than a done deal. I guess where you and I are are parting ways is you think that they knew exactly what Jalen's deal was going to look like. I don't know that. I think they probably thought they had a done deal with Robinson and uh, Williams or whatever, and it didn't get to the finish line. So knowing something and getting to the finish line are two different things. They did get to the finish line with Hurts. But I don't know when they knew exactly so, what the contract uh, what, was. All right. Look like. So, so you, so you believe, you, you thought the Eagles, you think the Eagles didn't understand what what the basic ballpark structure of this was going to be, and there was a chance it was going to be so wildly off than what they believed. I mean, I, that's just not how this industry works, Jody. You, your dad was a GM in, in baseball. Was. He's got a good understanding of what the frameworks are going to be before these deals are done. I mean, there's no surprises. There might be, you got to pay a little bit more than you wanted to because somebody else is pushing or in the case of free agencies like Marcus Williams. All right. You know, Baltimore's going too high. We're going to bail out. We want to be disciplined on this particular issue, but there's no wild surprises to these guys. These guys are in the weeds every day. They're negotiating these things I understand things for that, but some deals get done and some deals don't. The Marcus Williams deal didn't get done. The Jalen Hurts deal did get done. So I don't think you can say that just because you got into the neighborhood and you knew the neighborhood, what the neighborhood was going to be like, it gets done. So you're sometimes saying... Sometimes they do, sometimes so they you're don't. Saying, so are you saying there was a chance that Jalen Hurts deal wasn't going to get done? There was a I mean, chance that the Jalen Hurts deal was going to look different than the way it ended up. But how different? 
the signing bonus money. They've done a drastic deal that no one in the history of the National Football League has ever done before to keep the low salary cap numbers in the first four years and have the off the charts, ungodly numbers at the back end. No deal like that has ever been done in the National Football League. John, I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you could tell me a guy who in the National Football League has a potential well, $85 we just asked, million we, dollar I, dead money cap hit. Well, it's the largest cut. That's, that's how this industry works. My point is the Eagles knew the basic ballpark structure of the deal. There, there's no surprises. This was already baked in. As far as, and I asked Brad yesterday, is this the first time because of the salary cap hit that somebody's done this? He brought up Andrew Berry in Cleveland with Miles Garrett. Uh, he brought up another example I forget. Now, obviously, as you go to a quarterback, it gets higher. Um, but these deals, the structure of these types of deals have been done, which was news to me. I thought the Eagles um, uh, were ahead of the curve again. Evidently, Cleveland's done it. And I'll look back and that Brad mentioned another team I forget the other team he mentioned but on the show yesterday the structure of this type of deal has been done before the Eagles just did it at a higher level because it's a quarterback um and Miles Garrett would be my answer and that's because Brad told me that yesterday uh it has been done before now Andrew Berry learned under who do you learn under Howie Roseman and Jake Rosenberg when it comes to doing contracts so that kind of explains that. Um, my only point is they already they already had this plan. Whether it happened April 17th, June 10th, July 17th, they knew it was going to get done, and everything was already built on this deal getting done. All right, so here's, here's my question. We got to get Chris up here in a second. They knew it was going to get done with Jalen Hurts. Did they know it was going to get done with Marcus Williams? No. How could you compare those two? They have control over Jalen Hurts. He's their player. They're in an unrestricted free agency with Marcus Williams. Those are apples and oranges. I just brought up that because it was a contingency, and the Eagles always have contingency plans. My my point of bringing that up was only to the point of this team is very well prepared, very well planned, there are no surprises. If they if something doesn't work, they go on to the next thing. And that's where they have sort of win outside the margins, as they like to say it, where other teams kind of fall apart. As a matter of fact, where Howie's learned over the years, and Chris, can we break? Because we're not going to break, right, Xander? Can we bring Chris up? Marcus Smith is a draft pick that they, they faltered on. And, and back in that year, the Eagles had, I think it was six players on the board, and they just came off, bop, 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 right in the, in the disastrous order. And they said, ah, we, 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 they didn't have the contingency, and how he's learned from that. And they ended up with Marcus Smith, and we got our buddy Chris Franklin. He's got the big T up there. Welcome into the show, Chris. So if you heard us talking, we're talking about Jalen Hurts. And, and I guess the bigger philosophy, and we'll ask you the same question, do you think this deal changes the way the Eagles will draft next week? Well, I think we know they're not going to take a quarterback in the first four or five rounds. Now, <laughs> well, that, so got that. So that's that one. I think you don't have to worry about I don't that. Think that contingency was ever on board. <laughs> but um, I'm comfortable think, with that. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think you, if it does in any way, I think you have to focus most of your resources now on addressing the defense because. 
I think when you look at just all, all, some of the other, the Hurts thing just solidified what you had as you're going to use a lot of your salary cap now. And when you look at the other bigger contracts that the team has on there, most of them are all on the offensive side. So you're going to need to find cheaper, younger talent elsewhere. And I think that's where you start to look at the defensive side and say, you know what, maybe we should start loading up on these areas right now, use a draft to fill those stuff because you got a lot of guys coming that are older, like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox leaving. Use those assets to build that way to keep that side of the ball, the more affordable side of the ball, and just say, hey, you know what, offense runs this We'll run with this offensive unit now and just use those picks elsewhere. All right. Let me give you a hypothetical to uh, prove my point that I think this does affect the way the Eagles look at things. Um, at number 10, let's say the Eagles stay at 10. There's no moving up. There's no Jalen Carter. There's no Will Anderson. We'll even take Tyree Wilson off the table. Dang. But any other <laughs> defensive – do you not agree that those guys will be gone before 10? I think Car- – See, Carter's the one. I, Carter's the one. I think is the wild card. And I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up to get him. I really wouldn't put that out the, out the of the realm saying you know what they're not going to move up. I could see. I could see moving up to seven potentially to move another way to be packaging ten thirty, maybe one of those second or third round, probably one of those third round picks from next year because you know they're going to have probably they're probably going to have two. I'd package those and move up to seven, and pick one of those guys. But if they stayed at ten, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, they're all going. All right. Uh, if if uh, write this down, if we don't have Chris on next week, he thinks they're getting either Tyree Wilson or uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, I don't. I think they will be gone. <laughs> I don't think they have the wherewithal to trade up for either of the two. But Chris thinks that's a possibility. That happened. Yeah. Um, but let's say those two guys are off the board, not in play. Give me your next two defensive players who would be available at ten and comp them to either Skaronsky or uh, Paris uh, Johnson, they're going defense over offense or they're going offensive line? Whichever two edge guys you want to put into the mix, because there's about three or four of them that some people have mocked in that 10, 11, 12 range. You'll take one of those edge guys over one of those offensive line guys. You think Howie Roseman's going to go there with Jeff Stoutland whispering in the ear going, give me another old lineman. We got the 10th pick. We need a superstar offensive line. You're going defense over offense, huh? I can see right now. I I, I can imagine Statlin's voice. How are you better take Skaronsky while you have him right now? You better take him. You better take him. But me, I'm taking Nolan Smith. I really like right. what he brings off the edge. I think you can – because look at – after 2023, you got a lot of questions of who's going to be your edge rushers besides Hassan Reddick because Derek Barnett's gone. He's still coming off the ACL. Graham, you don't know if you're bringing him back for another year. You look at, uh, I believe, Sweat is going to be around that time where he's going to get paid. A, a, his cap number is going to be big as well, too. So you needed another edge rusher, a younger guy as well, too. I think he fits the build. And at 10, the other one, and I'm more and more film I'm watching him, more and more I like Miles Murphy a lot just for a simple fact that I think he can develop another sec- – I think he can get coached and get another set of pass rushing moves. And if he does that, I think he could be another dynamic guy on there. I like the way he plays against the run as well, too. And given that this defense – is a little bit lighter and not as big as it used to. You could use guys like that that not only have quickness, but has some size as well, too. So he's the other guy I'm looking at. But at 10, I'm 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 probably expl- I I'd probably stick with Nolan Smith. And then you compare right. to Skaronsky, I'm still like Smith a lot. I really do. I think you can find a good guard later <laughs> on in the draft. And I think the Eagles proven that they've done that as well, too. So I I look at the dynamic parts of it. If it was if you want him to be your starting left tackle or starting right tackle today, then I think he gets Skaronsky. If not, 
I, I, th- I think you can get. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the starting right tackle today. I'm comfortable yeah. saying that. Just let me tell yeah. Chris this. By the way, we'll get a free plug in here. Oh yeah, Rick Saratella. Rick Saratella. NFL Draft Bible. Cool. The print version is out. You know who he's got the Eagles getting at number thirty, second first round pick, Miles Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. As number 30. <laughs> Holy mackerel. How great would that be if the Eagles could get one of the best? I think he's got Skaronsky. Number 30. I think he's got Skaronsky at 10. Um, yeah, see, I'm with Saratella. I think they're going offensive line and edge afterwards. Well, now, Chris was on the call. I mentioned Mark Dominic uh, earlier in the show. And Chris was the one who asked him the question. Um so it's good we have him on. And Mark, you know, who knows Howie pretty well, they entered the league, sort of had that sort of him and John Snyder, Howie Roseman. Um, and and they got pretty close. And, you know, you and Mark was like, yeah, he's probably more apt to go up and get one of those three defenders, one of them being Jalen Carter, the other two. I think it's way too – he's not going to be able to get high to get Will Anderson. Tyree Wilson, sort of that middle ground. And he brought up, look, he's got the quarterback now. This whole philosophy over the past two years was the insurance plan in case Jalen Hurts wasn't, didn't develop into what he has become today. I think people try to, I've been using that term memory hole. This time last year, we were all like, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the answer. They got to get out of this draft, get the extra pick because Kenny Pickett, nobody else was worth uh, a first round pick. It was a terrible quarterback draft. Now all of a sudden you have potentially four going in the top nine. If he was, if he needed a quarterback, he'd be in a position to get the quarterback, but he doesn't need a quarterback. He needs to repopulate that defense though. And Mark was like, eh, you better go up and get one of those difference makers. I'm starting to buy into that, but I don't think he can get up high enough to get Will Anderson. Hell, I think Will Anderson might go to Houston. I think they're dumb enough to pass on a quarterback. <laughs> but it's also li- it's Lions season, too. We've, That's we're true. Yeah, we season. might have Mark out there lying. <laughs> You're right. And start going, well, you know what? All, all those minds are going to start throwing out there going, well, you know, that, that Houston stuff, if they if they decide, you know, Davis Mills is their guy from here on out. Ah, come on. If we all know the thing, bless his heart. I think that when you look at the whole entire floor, bless their hearts with that one. <laughs> but I, I just look at overall. Anderson, I think, goes third, fourth. He doesn't fall to them in that way, too. But I don't think there's that many. After you get past, let's probably say, 27, 28, there's not that many impact defensive guys that are going to be out there that you could put on this defense today and say, you know what, he's going to be a bona fide starter. We like though He's going to be a star right now. He's going to be able to play right today. So. If you want one of those defensive linemen, you're going to move up. And we know how he doesn't want to sit on his hands. I, I think I think either they're going to make a trade to move up on one of those picks, either 30 I, or 10. I just think there's a better chance, and most people think they're going to trade back at 30 because you want to get out of the first round. You don't want to have that fifth round, uh, fifth year option. I think there's a better chance how he trades up from 30 into the mid twenties than there is him trading up from 10 to seven to get somebody because the cost is that much more to move up that high in the first round. I think, uh, I, I, I think how he'll trade back in one and up in the other. We'll see exactly how it plays out. All right. I did read one of your articles this past week that I uh, agreed with because you and I saw it the same. Why isn't Jarvis Landry, the Eagles wide receiver three yet? 
I think it's a time where I I look at what he can do and I look at what he can bring to this. Thing. I think he's just waiting to see the opportunities. I'm looking at the time where if he's in this office right now, I mean, he's before the last, before the previous two seasons, he was getting about a hundred targets a year, hundred targets. And to be put into this offense right now, he wouldn't get nowhere near that. Cause then you're going to figure out, no. well, we're going to add this guy who's a little older. We don't know if he's reliable when he, if he can still be the same guy, let's go take something away from AJ Brown or Devonta or, or Dallas. You're like, oh, crap. But if he comes in for the right price, he's willing to like take that role and you can use him as the slot guy, a slot guy, B, whoever he, he would be to me, in my opinion, I think he'd be the top, top better slot guy opposed to Quest Watkins. You, oh, yeah. you can appease him. You could go back and forth that way. I think he's worth it. If he comes in, if he's willing to do that and nobody else is well, Willing to give him like 10 million, 11 million. If he wants to say, hey, you want six with a bunch of incentives that probably be out there, I'd bring him in on that. Well, I don't even think he's in that neighborhood, Chris. I think he's a below $5 million a year guy at this stage. And it's paining the heck out of him. So it's going to come down. Would I rather go to a team that's going to make me wide receiver two and give me 100 targets? Or would I rather go to a Super Bowl contender? and know that I'm wide receiver three and get half of those targets, if that, but I got a chance to get a ring. If the money's the same, which do you think he chooses? The more action or the better uh, team to join with the chance to get a ring? I think at this point in his career, I think it's the ring. But also, I've thought about this as well, too. My other reason would be, why have to go through all the OTAs and everything else to be a veteran guy? Might even come closer and closer to the training camp. Oh, or the old weekend. don't bother for the uh, workout. <laughs> you think he's yeah. signing in early July, yeah. huh? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, wait a little bit. Let me go to Cabo. No, I'll still no, work on no. the beaches a little bit. <laughs> no, no full blown Linball Joseph come in in November. I think that's the case. You know, Clement set up for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, it, if the Eagles want a receiver, go get a receiver in the draft. You know, one of the things I was talking to a, a an Eagles ex Eagles personnel guy, Chris, and he brought up a good point which resonated with me. Eagles offense is about spacing. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Sirianni mentioned, yeah, Quez had a disappointing season. Um, you know, Quez admitted that, but flat out, um, I don't think anybody was happy with Quez Watkins. But he did mention, you know, Quez can run by people. So, you know, you got to respect that at least. And that opens the field up for uh, A.J., Devontae, Dallas Goddard underneath. I think they want a speed guy in that third receiver slot. And it, it doesn't even have to be a slot guy because slot guys aren't known for stretching the field. Quez Watkins shouldn't be a slot guy. He's an outside receiver. He should be the backup outside receiver. Then you move Devontae Smith in the slot on third down or A.J. Brown. You could do it in a whole bunch of ways because the other two guys are so versatile. But I do think his speed is meaningful for this particular offense. So I want a speed guy who can actually catch the football when he gets the football. Um, is that hoping for too much? There was That was the thought that another – how do I put it this way? Another coach for another team, assistant for another team, believe when it gets all Quez, they were surprised that they didn't see him in the slot more against them as well, too, because they were worried about that matchup against the safety. A reason why I like Landry in the slot in that aspect is because you got another route technician. And if you place him, 
if you go trips on one side and I got to realize, okay, I have a, I have to worry about either AJ going against on a fade run one-on-one and you know, you're going to try to rotate the safety that way too. But now I have to worry about Jarvis Landry, who I know can get the catches. Who's a good receiver, a good possession guy who can slip around, get around that way as well to find himself getting open. Oh yeah. That's so uh, Devonta Smith or I put plays that way too. He gets the speed. I think you have a lot of, or even Dow or Dallas Goddard. I think that poses a lot of matchup problems that you, you don't necessarily have to have a guy that says, okay, I'm going to run past you and go 20 yards and then I'm going to try to chuck it. And I don't really respect that guy. Cause I don't know if he's going to catch the ball. He's a 50, it's a 50, 50 chance. He's going to catch that ball. And last year it was probably 40, 60 when he came to quest. So I think if you add a guy with Landry inside that way, you got to pay even more attention to that inside. And I think that's can open up the spacing a little bit as well too. I know it's not going to be in the conventional way, but I think that Landry provides the opportunity if you put him in there. Here's what I think about Quez and his speed, and he's not going to reach the level of Derek Barnett uh, uh, wrath of yours truly, but he's starting to get close. Um, yeah, Quez can run fast, then straight line, downfield. Here would be my take if I were an opposing defense coordinator. Go ahead. I don't think you're going to catch it anyway. Mm, can't do uh, that. Can't do that. Oh, can't, you we've can't. never seen that in sports. When a team goes out in the NBA and acquires a three-point shooter, Oh, we're going to get him to space the field, space the court, space the... You let the guy shoot and he's making 20% for three. Go ahead, take the threes. We're not going to go out and chase you. We're not going to help out on defense I'll inside. Think let, you got to be able to make You got to be able to make the three. You got to be able to make the catch. Boy, Quez is not, I don't think Quez is like the Ben Simmons of like the slaughter. No. He's nowhere near that. No, no, you got to read. Because he can make, he can make some uh, catches you, once in a while. It's not like the frequency you want to see him. If you're a safety in the NFL and you're letting a wide receiver run behind you, I mean, that's the quickest way to get fired. Uh, a defensive coordinator to get fired, a head coach to get fired. Yeah, he might drop the odd wide open pass because they're letting him run by him. But, I mean, he's an NFL receiver. If he's got nobody near him, he's going to catch the football. You can't do that, Jody. I mean, that, that, I mean you well, have you know, to respect. Here's my point, John. Jar- we'll use Jarvis Landry as an example. You don't think Jarvis Landry can run by somebody and catch a 50-yard touchdown pass? Not by Quez Watkins. Uh, Quez can run by anybody in this league. Quez is, you know, Quez is in, Quez is closer to, Tyreek Hill than he is to the average NFL. He can run by people. That's all he can do. Well, then why don't they play Devin Allen? Well, hey, they might. You know, well, he hasn't shot. played football in six <laughs> years. But if they could develop him, um, you know, I think you're dismissed. Quez Watkins is not the worst receiver in the history of football. Devin Allen is, is – he's a below-average NFL receiver, Quez Watkins. But he's an NFL receiver. Uh, Devin Allen is is a project who's an Olympic hurdler, played football at Oregon, took six years off. Hopefully he turns into Jordan Mailata. And yeah, then you got to respect him. But we're a long way off from that. Quez Watkins is a legitimate football. I can't believe I'm defending Quez Watkins. It always amazes me on this show. Well, you go too far. That's why. So I got to defend the guy. He's not the worst. He's not like Do the Eagles need to upgrade wide receiver three? Are you telling me you think Quez Watkins is good enough to be Eagles wide receiver three for Jeff Lurie, an owner who says offense, 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 offense? Yeah, I I say all the time they need to upgrade wide receiver three. And and that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but you went to, oh, don't pay attention to them, to they got to need an upgrade. There's a big chasm there. 
yeah, they could they could use an upgrade, but he's also not the worst football player who's ever strapped him up. He's he's competent. Um, no, you could well, do better. Chris and I said we would like to see the Eagles get Landry as their uh, wide receiver three, and you said, well, no, but Quez uh, stretches the defense. You got to have important. that. I said I would prefer a young guy who can stretch the field. I want that speed because the Eagles offense, and the same thing with the running game, same thing with B. B John Robinson. Why I don't want B. John Robinson? Because they don't need him. Because of the way they space the field. Jalen Hurst is a big part of that. Um, his ability to threaten the backside in the running game. And Quez is a big part of that because he can run by people. And Nick has brought this up. The head coach has brought it up. Now, is he part blowing smoke up? Try try to build Quez Watkins back up after a disappointing season? Yeah, I'm sure he is. But the it's guy funny runs you mentioned- a 4-3-2. It's funny you guys mentioned Bijan because I'm looking at when it comes to 30. I wouldn't mind him seeing Gibbs in that, getting Gibbs out of Alabama in that role because I think he can use him not only as a running back, but he can be your defect. You can put him in the slot if you need to, if you're still one to have some kind of speed. He's a decent receiver, decent enough receiver. I think you can use him if you want to use him in the slot a couple of times. So that way it'll give you some of that speed if you want to do that as well, too. And you can use him in that jack of all trades role. So he's the guy I wouldn't be opposed to if they say hey you know what if they don't move they stay at 30 i i take the risk and even get Jalen in 30 overall because i think i don't think they'll be able to get him where they're picking right now in the second round but he's a guy i think could be you can put him in the slot once in a while he can help you out there too if you if say if quez is going through his a rut or something like that i think you rely on gibbs in that aspect you know i it's interesting you bring that up what matt manager we had on the show i don't know if you know him chris i love the guy former scout uh for um, the Saints and, and the Browns uh, just uh, does tremendous uh, work in personnel. But, you know, he had mentioned you could use Bijan in the slot. And I hear you with, with Jamar. But, boy, I don't trust any of these coaches. When guys say that, they never do it except Kyle Shanahan. If you give him the Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan I'll buy it. Anybody else? When I hear, oh, you can play him like a slot receiver, they're not going to do it. So why are we talking about it? And and I love Matt, but nobody's using Bijan Robinson in the slot. That they might do it occasionally, but they're not using him as a slot receiver consistently. I I hear what you're saying. Off season talk, we all do it, but boy, I don't like. I don't. I don't. Nobody does it. And and Kyle Shanahan. Well, the reason why I think that you can do it on that as well, too, not only in this line of a traditional slot, how many times do we see those running backs just run off just to just to the sideline to stand yeah, around yeah, there? I yeah. think you can I think you can legit just put them in motion that way, yeah. treat them like he's a slot guy, put them out there slot. And then when all of a sudden space cleared out, and then you're looking like, Oh, I got I got a mic going out to try to come I'll take that all day. I'm heard some say, All right, forget everything else. I'll just let him go let him go one on one. And I'm picking about seven, eight yards and probably more if I get if he shakes somebody. So well, yeah. same thing I think with- you use them in, in that type of print slot principles. I think you use them a running back in that type of way. He can get some uh, some pick up some yards in the, in that time. I'm with John on this one. The last back we heard about they could use in the slot was Kenny Gainwell. When they drafted oh. Kenny Wayne Gainwell, they said the same thing. <laughs> and they can split him out and use him in the yeah. slot. How many times this year did Kenny Gainwell line up as a wide receiver? Well, they use a bunch of empty sets, as as Chris says, but it's a decoy. 
you know, it's a it's a decoy. Nobody uses it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to use a first round draft pick on a decoy. That's just yeah. me. Oh, I, oh, I think, I would think that would be a waste of value. I think he does way more than be a decoy. I think and especially with he runs a lot of outside zone very well. And with the tackles that you have, and as much pistol as we started to see them use, especially towards the end of the year, where teams have to really respect to say, hey, you know what? We really don't know if it's actually going to be a zone read. We don't know if they're going to throw it downfield or it's going to be ready to run play. I think when you line him up in a pistol look and you really get him, that puts teams even more of a bind. So I, no, I, me, I hey, like Bijan. I put I'm, right I'm, I'm not saying he's a great player. I'm just saying nobody in the NFL is using him as a slot receiver. Nobody. Even Kyle, because Kyle's already got Christian McCaffrey and, uh, and Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. There are 32 out of 32. Chris, I don't care what they say today. They might line him up in the slot occasionally, you know, once every blue moon, and they might even throw him the football. But I'm saying consistently, consistently, nobody's doing that. So I don't, I, it, to me. Oh, I thought they make, all right. I thought they make Gibbs like as a, like he's your wide receiver three. No, no, no. I thought about like you could just use him in that slot position to go ahead and offset some of the stuff if you're worried about, yeah, Quez really having some issues. I would, no, he's a, he's a running back through and through. I was saying like if something happened where you wanted, if you wanted to offset some stuff, he didn't want to put all that pressure on Quez. You think you have another option that you get him on top of his as a little running back because you're going to need one for the next few years anyway. So, all right, last one matter. for me. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you are NewJersey.com as a Jersey guy. I ran this by Missinelli yesterday. He couldn't jump quickly enough at uh, Jair Brown from Penn State, the former Trenton kid coming back to the Delaware Valley and as a Philadelphia Eagle. They could use upgraded safety. Uh, where do you think he's going in the draft? Do you think the Eagles have interest? I like him in the third round. I mean, the fact that you get the title of takeaway king, I'm taking that. And all, all right, you piqued my interest already. All right, cool. Wait, you're from Trenton too? All right, well, for me, I know I got stories for Dixie if I want to. I want to, but I look at him. It's going to, I think he can go anywhere from the third or fourth. And if I'm the Eagles there and he's still on the board, and you bypass branch, and you're like, and, and forget the guy from Illinois. Why am I drinking out right now for it? I didn't even drink last night. I don't know what's going on. But if you get the guy from Illinois right there, you're going to get it. Like, if those guys are gone, then I think you, you start to look you're at talking about Witherspoon and the, and the person. No, oh, no, uh, the, safety, oh, no. the Illinois safety. Oh, for, Brown. Yeah, it's Brown. Brown. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Jair. Brown is the Penn State kid. Jair, yeah, Jair. I forget his name. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, when you look at uh, if they're gone and you still need a safety. I think you take him, you seriously consider him in the third round. And it obviously goes by how the second round, what you do in second, first round, all that stuff. But I think he's just, you know, I think he's going to be in the third or fourth. And he's good. He's good. good. I like his instincts. He's more of a box safety. I like the way he, and this is going to sound weird because the Eagles don't do it as much as they like to. We may see, we don't know what we're going to see out of John Desai, but you know, he, I think he's a, he's a good pass rusher on the blitz. I like that as well, too. If you bring that aspect to there, you can use that as well, too. So I think, I think Brown gives you that defense a lot of different tools that they can use. And, you know, and it's Sydney. It is Brown. It's Sydney Brown. Sydney They're Brown. both Brown. Sydney Brown. So, uh, yeah. Sydney Brown. Yeah, he's big. You know who I want, Chris? And at St. Franklin News, make sure uh, you follow Chris. Does a tremendous job at NJ.com. Oh, uh, read him there. Uh, Brian Branch. I just want the guy. I want him. He's a mirrored player. Yeah. That's what they like. He can play in the slot. He can play safety. I know they've never taken a safety in the first round. I think they want to trade out. 
from 30. He might even go before that. But if he's there, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. And, and you know, he's got the uh, he's got the attributes of playing the SEC and being from Alabama. We see what they've, after all those years, are not taking all SEC guys. We see what's going on the last few years, too. So he's got that going for him as well, too. He does. I like I like his coverage range. I like what he can do. He's You can put him in a lot of spots. And I think it's going to be key, especially you're going to need guys that play that man-to-man, especially with some of the match concepts. If you put them down closer toward the line scrimmage and the potential match, the matchup uh, zones concepts they potentially could use, he's a guy that can do that. So he's, he can do a lot. I just, it, it all depends if the Eagles are willing to trade up at 30 or, or they move back, depending on how far we move back, because I think he's going to go in the early 20s somewhere in that round because I think he's that good. All right. Isn't it close between Alabama guys and Georgia guys as to which SEC team the Eagles have the most of? Do you want to swing the balance of power in the locker room by taking an Alabama guy over a Georgia guy? You better be careful, Howie Roseman. That could cause a derision in the locker room if you get more Crimson Tide guys than dog guys, because the dog guys are the champs. They're the ones that keep winning the the the, the pelt. Yeah, man. Not the Alabama guys. Been well, you got to bring in Jarvis Landry, then you bring in the LSU. Nobody <laughs> runs deeper than LSU guys. You know that those guys stick together. The LSU guys, man. And we know how awkward it's going to be during the week of the SEC championship game with all those Alabama Georgia guys in the locker room. What bags going on? Oh, that's going to be, be fun. <laughs> Alabama guy, uh, Chris Franklin. Thank you very much for hopping on. We will get you up uh, after the draft to get your analysis thereafter. Thanks for jumping in today. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Y'all have a good one now. That is Thanks, Chris, Chris Franklin. Uh, what's the T stand for again? Um, T for Temple bit. U. It's supposed to be, but not for Franklin. T like, for Trenton? You know, Chris, yeah, yeah Trenton. Yeah, let's see. It's South Jersey Times. I'm looking at Lehigh Valley Times of Trenton. So, yeah, it's probably the Trenton Times. He, Trenton he's Times and, uh, he's he all wants, over the place. Um, he wants the Trenton guy, uh, uh, Brown from Penn State, coming back here. Two days in a row we've had somebody on who has advocated for the player. Miss Ellie because it was Happy Valley. Chris Franklin because he was a Trenton high school kid. We should have asked Gil about a West Virginia guy. Who's the best West Virginia guy in this uh, in this draft? I got to look it up. Um, but he would have been he would have been ballyhooing him, whoever it might be. Even if he's a UDF undrafted free agent. Ah, they got to have. They're, they're they're still good enough. You, sure that, you think West Virginia's got a guy going in the top? I I, I I well in the draft, yeah. I think somebody's going to get drafted. I can't tell you who, but they got to work somewhere. on that one. Come up with a yeah. name of a guy from West Virginia. All right, they weren't, come they up weren't up real that. good this past year. No, I know, but they still got to have some talented players. That's a big enough program. All right, you, I'm going to find somebody. One one would think. I'll, I'll await your name. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, we'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Both Mike Gill and Chris Franklin coming on and not only doing a good job with their answers and giving us their insight, but also putting up with me and McMullen going back and forth and not hitting them on time. We're a little late to both guys. That's on me. I think they hit for that one. Uh, Johnny Mac, tomorrow uh, we got a good show planned because we had Tommy Lawler early and uh, Adam Kaplan, uh, who we haven't had on the show uh, a little bit later uh, in the program. Uh, and then... You assume you're going to be getting a chance to question both Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. The pre-draft quarterback and GM availability is sometime on Thursday. What time is that going to be? Uh, do not know. Do not uh, know yet. It is, we're, it is we're one day away, and they haven't gotten around to telling you no. guys just yet. Well, you it's need not to carve even, out as far as your day is concerned. Huh? It's not. It's not even technically official. Um, it's probably going to happen, but yeah. I mean, that's par for the course, Jody. By the way, our breaks aren't long enough. I'm having different. I did find one West Virginia player. Dante Stills, defensive tackle, has a gradable, um, draft gradable from some people. Dante Stills. Dante Stills. Some yes, some no. That doesn't sound like a high draft for the not a great not a great day three for sure on Dante, huh? Day three. Day three. Well, here's the good news. 
Gil comes on every single Wednesday, and that's before the draft. So we can get him to oversell some West Virginia player next week prior to the draft before it ever happens. All right. Uh, yes, we'll be back here tomorrow. And we got both Tommy Lawler and Adam Kaplan joining us. John is assuming he's going to get a chance to talk. And to by the way, Kiriani the big T, real quick, because Chris corrected me, Gloucester County Times. It's for the the, the Gloucester County Times in Jersey. Oh, the big T. That, that's his office? It's from the old building, yeah. Okay, uh, they brought it over. T, uh, the T, big T. T for Gloucester Tommy Lawler. He's going to be with us tomorrow. Uh, we'll use make it for T. Tommy. Uh, By so the way, also Adam Kaplan. He's been on the show before. It's just been a while because he he had, uh, you know, he 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 does a lot of work with Sirius, so he's working a lot when we're on the air. So it's tough to get him these days. But uh, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Adam Kaplan and Tommy Lawler tomorrow. Partner, I'm back here tomorrow. Uh, I think you're in, right? You're not going anywhere. You don't have plans. They're not going to call you down to Eagle Land at 10 o'clock in the morning, are they? Uh, it's possible. Who knows? They All do right, whatever well, they do whatever they want. You got to uh, be tuned here tomorrow to see if it's Mac. Oh, I'm going to be here. The other Mac, you got to tune in to find out. He might be having Eagle uh, duties in the morning. So be back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.